Hello and welcome to the One Hope Podcast, where faith and life connect. A podcast done by One Hope Church in Gig Harbor, Washington. Enjoy! Welcome back to the One Hope Church Podcast. We are studying the book of Luke and Acts over the next 40 days of our Lenten journey to Easter. This is Tyreen Martinson, and I'm thankful to be a part of this podcast team of One Hope Church. Today I get to talk about Luke chapter 2. We are starting out by studying the life of Jesus, and I really appreciate Pastor Peter's introduction yesterday when he talked about Jesus as a game changer. When Jesus enters into our world in this very regular human way through childbirth, in this very humble way, Jesus becomes Emmanuel, God with us, in a way that we can't quite understand or explain with science. It's a game changer, a miracle. And yes, there are plenty of arguments out there about whether or not it really happened. If you are curious about that, if you'd like to know more about miracles, there are plenty of books and podcasts by super smart people that are dedicated to talking about miracles. So I'm not going to talk about that today exactly. I believe that Jesus Christ really is the Son of God, really did help create the world with God at the beginning, and really did become Emmanuel, God with us, in a very particular time and place. And in fact, that's what those first two verses are really about. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire world, and everyone went to their town to register. These specific place names and the event of the registration gives us a date and place stamp for the events that are about to happen. The game-changing world event that is about to happen in this story is Jesus' birth. So we need a date and place type timestamp for that kind of thing, right? It's because it's big news. Joseph goes up from Nazareth to the city of Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David, and he went there to register with Mary, who is pledged to be married to him and who is pregnant with Jesus. Now again, we have these place names because we need to have a location for our, like a location stamp in time. And they also are names that are meaningful because of prophecies from the Old Testament about the coming of the Messiah. So each place is meaningful. Each place gives us a place and a time in history. While they're there, Jesus is born to Mary. And it's in a manger. It's not in a five-star hotel. It's not in a castle. It's not where we'd expect the King of Kings or Lords of Lords to be born. But this is where Jesus is born. He is born in a manger. And it's a humble place. The reality, what's more humble than taking on human flesh when you are the Son of God? And what happens next? The angels come and they shout and sing about the glory of God to shepherds in a field. And the shepherds go and they see Jesus, the Messiah, the King of Kings. And what else can they do but give glory and praise to God Because even if they don't understand the circumstances, even if they don't get why this happened in a manger, they recognize Jesus as the Messiah and they give praise to God. What else can we do 
in the face of such a miracle, in the face-to-face moment with our Messiah. So what happens next? Joseph and Mary take the baby Jesus to the temple, and Simeon gives praise to God. He specifically says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Jesus is born for all people. He is the Messiah for all nations, a light for all peoples. And after Simeon makes his proclamation, Anna, a widow and a prophet, steps forward and she also gives praise to God and speaks to people in the temple over the baby Jesus. Mary treasures all these things in our heart and then we have a 12-year gap. This isn't like our modern world today. We don't, uh, there's no paparazzi that follows Jesus around and uh, we don't know what happens exactly in his boyhood until he turns 12. We get this brief story about him in the, in the temple at the Passover. His parents have lost him. And when they find him, it turns out he's been teaching and amazing people with his understanding of God. But instead of marching triumphantly into a human kingship from that moment, Jesus is obedient to his human parents and he goes home with them. And Mary treasures these things in her heart. And that's the end of Luke 2. But what I see this time, this year, as I'm reading this chapter, is the way that people interact with Jesus every time they meet him. They give God glory and praise. They are amazed by him. And so I invite you to do that with me today. Awesome God, We are amazed by your glory, by your love, by your graciousness. Lord, we ask that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to understand. Lord, testify to us with your Holy Spirit indwelling in us. Help us to know and understand how beautiful you are. Help us to give you glory and praise every time we come into your presence. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.